You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to U2BA, the Huddersfield Town podcast from the Examiner. And it's been a very busy week for Huddersfield Town. Jan Siva is no longer the head couch. Head, head couch. <laughs> <laughs> no longer the head couch or the head coach of Huddersfield Town. He was dismissed after a truly awful performance against Lincoln and then a loss to Fulham on Friday night where it felt like he was a dead man walking going into that game. I'm joined once again by Jim Chisholm and David Hartrick. Hello, gents. Hello, Hello there. Yeah, and we've been gambling away for the last 90 minutes about all kinds of things that we can't talk about on the <laughs> podcast, including UFOlogy and, and that kind of thing. So now we can actually start talking about Huddersfield Town and Jan Siever. Uh Jim, what did you think of the dismissal, the decision to get rid of Jan? Um, reluctant to make reference to Wagner, but at the beginning of the week, it felt like this would be... Sievert's Goethe Dameron. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I've, been, I've been preparing that for like years. Um, props to anyone who gets the joke. I think I feel sorry for Jan Sievert. I think mm. he was given an almost impossible task. I think perhaps with the way that the crowd had turned uh, from the, the beginning of the season, perhaps there was little choice, but I would have given him 10 games. I think it, it, it smacks as a, a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. Mm. I also think the manner in which he was dismissed left a lot to be desired, as did the timing. Um, so I, that, that's my, my initial thought. What, what, what do you mean by that, Jim? I think there was some unpleasantness in terms of on... Do we play Lincoln on Tuesday night? Yeah, was yeah. It? yeah, yeah, and then Fulham Friday. Yeah, so on on Tuesday night, the the the, the circus with Mr. Hodgkinson on the pitch on his phone in front of the press, it it didn't look good. Uh, reports in the Telegraph that perhaps Siebert was actually dismissed on the Tuesday night or or walked on Tuesday or Wednesday, and um, then was put back in the role for Friday and then immediately dismissed after the game with a curt press statement. It, it seemed disrespectful, to be honest, and, and it, it seemed amateurish. Mm. David, what's your take on it? I think that it was inevitable. Yeah. The, the Lincoln game, um, sitting in the press box, by the sort of 10 minutes into the second half, it was, it, it was quite clear that there was a shift crowd-wise, there was a shift attitude-wise. Um, Phil Hodgkinson came in for a bit of personal abuse Jan came in for a lot I don't know how much he will have heard on the touchline but he will certainly have heard the boos at the very end then afterwards as he said it was it was a bit strange what was going on um, and it was quite clear that, that something had to change I think for everybody's sanity involved I, uh, 
the the my point here is sort of a wider point, which is, I think if Huddersfield Town fans think that sacking Jan means all their problems have gone, I think they're sadly mistaken. I think there's there's there are a lot of other factors that are contributing to what's going on at the moment. But I think uh, I, I to point to positives about Jan's run because we're going to sort of pick a few things apart. And let's be honest, it's there are a hell of a lot of negatives. But he was the man who chose to replace their man. Mm. He was on a hiding-to-nothing last season. We don't know what he was promised over the summer, but you could argue either way on the recruitment. I'm still very much on the fence recruitment-wise because I actually think they've got a couple of players who could really, longer term, really turn out to be very good. Um but it, it just never felt like he had a chance or an opportunity to do what he wanted to do with this squad in its present guise. So I think it's sad. I think, like Jim, it's very early. I think 10 games would be fair, particularly in the Championship, where 10 games into the Championship season is nothing, absolutely nothing in that league, as we all know. Ten games to go in the championship is absolutely nothing <laughs> in that league. Never mind ten games gone. So I would have given him a little bit more time, but I think that I think one of the issues we're probably all skirting around a little bit here is the players themselves were either not listening to the instructions, not following out the instructions, willfully ignoring the instructions, or just. Tuesday and Friday was better and yeah. I thought Tell were very good first half in spells but that we were talking a little bit beforehand about the sort of how over elaboration can often look like oversimplification and I think there is a degree of that as well players who some players need to just be told no this is what you're doing don't worry about anything else and other players can handle right you're going to do some very specific tasks in this game so yeah it i keep coming back to the same word and the word is inevitable yeah it, i felt that way after tuesday as well there was definite you know i've had 10 years experience reporting i've seen managers sacked mel's been doing it for 30 odd years oggy's been from radio leeds has been doing it for you know god knows how long as well and we all got that sense on tuesday like this is a performance that gets managers sacked and the way that, that things were after the game where we were kept waiting for over an hour to talk to Tihan Siva and as you say Hodgkinson's carrying on carrying on, on the touchline as well it definitely had that feel about it and Friday it just felt like unless they win 3-0 he's going to be gone over the weekend I'm not, I'm not even sure that would have saved him no. at no. that point no genuinely and yeah I mean it's, it's a shame the, the, the issue is is that I think we've all kind of said or alluded to the fact that we feel sorry for Jan um, and unfortunately if you're in a position where you feel sorry for the manager mm. that's probably yeah. as, as big an indictment as thinking that he's terrible and he's run the club into the ground because yeah. it, it's clear that as you say the, the execution just hasn't been there no. I think he's had the right ideas he's come in trying to be progressive and try to pick, pick the team up and get them into, back into the habit of scoring goals and you know getting rid of the, the overly defensive stuff from last season and then for whatever reason the, the players just aren't following through on it they're, they're getting 90% of the way there but then looking very tentative and it's the manager's job to, to make them do that unfortunately and I genuinely do believe that that is the case I, I believe that Jan Siva has a plan 
you know, some of the carry on on, on social media, it seems to be this idea that this man is completely out of his yeah. depth. He's, mm. he's tactically naive. I don't think so. Yeah. I can see a structure. I can see an idea of what he wants to do. And wanted to do. Wanted to yeah. do. <laughs> and he's, he's vocalised that. And, and I tend to agree with that. You know, one, one of the, the people who listens to this podcast um, quite a bit and gives us some really interesting feedback is John Smith, I yeah. believe. Uh, and he was... Big pl- fan of his stadium. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he's drink less so, though, to be fair. Um, but, you know, what he said, which I think is, is true and it's something that, that Sievert's said himself, is that his mode of pressing was to block off channels of play or yeah. options. Whereas a, a Wagner mode of pressing was to press the, pl- the player. Yeah. And from a, a spectator's perspective, that just looks a lot more active yeah. and frantic and mm-hmm. you can see what's happening. Um, whereas it's not necessarily the case where it's kind of like blocking the, the channels or the options. Mm. I think it is a case of execution. You know, I watched, I watched Lincoln. Um, you could be the best coach in the world, but some of those players... We're just Lincoln was horrendous. I've defended. Jan was right when he came out afterwards and said he couldn't defend the performance. Yeah. It was indefensible. Yeah, he did that, not. That, he did not tell. He did not tell Mbenza to uh, look like a headless chicken and, and yeah. not understand where space he, the, is the, or the, how to run into it. The problem was that one of the problems with those that front three with Mbenza, Kroma, and um, yeah, was it? No, it's Kachunga, wasn't it? Yeah, who played against yeah. Lincoln. He kept. He first he was swapping over um, Kachunga and Mbenza, and then he was swapping Kachunga and Karoma. And this is obviously come from the manager, and the idea is to tie up the opposition defence. But the problem was the three players involved were just knocking themselves out of their stride. Mm-hmm. So every time they swapped, they were really struggling. Mm-hmm. And you could see he's got some progressive ideas, but the other thing I think that's killed him is, is individual errors. You could argue, I, you could argue, looking back over the goals Town have conceded yeah. this season, every single one is an individual error. Yeah. And I include Tom Lawrence's worldie, and I include the worldie on Friday night, because where that goal came from was Hadajanai pushes up. He's 20 yards away from his back three. He then goes ball chasing... So they, Congola has to move over. Knockart is stood on the right-hand side, mm. acres of space with an overlap. They switch the ball quickly. Knockout flicks it across, works its way back over to the other side, and they finish. But again, it comes from, instead of having a back four, Town having to play with a back three and mm. not being equipped to do that. But yeah. I think we were, we were watching that just before you came in, and it's actually shocking positional play from Adiona. And it's not mm. just poor positional player he is knows exactly what's happening it's in his view and he is jogging yeah, yeah. It's literally player. as they're crossing yeah. the ball he goes oh no they're, they're crossing the ball yeah. I need to get back what do you expect them to yeah. I would say no one covered for him either though no, like yeah. Elf, yeah, Elphick the, was forced out to the right yeah, this is and the Hogs problem. started into the back the four. cover did he had no one covered for him but the cover came from the back the back four becoming a back three rapidly yeah, yeah. so what he had was Elphick went out to the right yeah. Schindler also had to move to the right. Congola suddenly got half the pitch and two Mm. players to mark. And the thing is, these are like, I don't like using the word basics because it's sort of, I think it's a slight against the player in Mm. truth. But these are the the, the simple things that come from a back four that has a relationship together. Mm. One of the other things was very, very noticeable is, you know, 
I'm a Brighton fan. I love Tommy Elphick. Tommy Elphick made a really bad mistake in his first game. He's been really good his next two, and I thought he were good against. I thought him and Schindler were pretty good against Fulham on Friday night, Certainly to say the least. There was some suggestion on the TV that he might, he probably should have won the header against Mitrovic, but I'm not sure I agree with that. Mitrovic is a very good, yeah. aggressive striker. In the so, air, particularly. And, and yeah. let's be honest, the bigger error there was Giannini Bakuna basically crossing the ball. Yeah, and that's off, the thing. Mitrovic is a Premier League striker, yeah. and Tommy yeah. Elphick couldn't get into a Championship yeah. team last year. But what I was going to say is it was noticeable, because I was watching it, Tommy Schindler can play left or right, but Elphick is playing Haddenshine's side because he's much more vocal and he spends so much time telling Haddenshine literally what to do. And I'm not just talking about getting back, but constantly pointing at him, talking at him, getting him through the game. And you think, well, would you be? Should you keep persisting with a player that you have to do that with, or is it time to try? Someone else. Who could we possibly try? Uh, but Bockhorn is the, is yeah. the Bo- Bockhorn, from what I've seen, does I'm not, not impress me. Back or, on the other option, surprisingly, is you, you put Junior Bakuna back there. Who mm, was very good in one game. But, you know, this, <laughs> this is the other thing that Jan has faced. His big players this year mm. are not playing very well. Yeah. Grant may have, what, three goals three today. He has been dreadful outside the box this season yeah. today. He he is not holding the ball up. He's not feeding his wingers. He's not bringing midfielders into play. But you can't knock what he does yeah, the yeah, minute he gets over watch. the white line into the penalty. Yeah, the, the problem. I think part of the problem he's got is that particularly they were better with this against Fulham, but the other games he was the only one who was actually trying to get into the box. Yeah, and and I think he probably feels like if I come too deep mm. to try and link up that play. Who's going to overlap well, and get into the box? Yeah. No one's going to do what it. What perplexes me is these are problems that Huddersfield Town have had since I've watched Huddersfield Town for the last 30 years. Um, we've never had enough players in the box. We never shoot when we should shoot. Yeah. We never, I mean, maybe it's the thing that all football clubs have. It seems to me we could change literally everything from the tea lady to the manager and we would still have those problems. That's, that's every football club, yeah. trust me. As somebody who analyses yeah. a lot and goes to a lot, that's every club. But for, for, for me, I think it was a difficult run that Jan had. Yeah. to start off with. I think a lot of it was fine margins mm. and a lot of those margins were essentially compounded by individual errors that you can't legislate for. Mm. Who who could possibly expect it, the Bakuna mistake or the Elphick mistake? Or Kachunga missing against oh, Derby. Exactly. That, that you know. said, you know, there has clearly been a, a very long period where we have failed to win football matches. Yeah. And even when you go up against... QPR, it seems like we were so surprised to be winning a game mm. that we were completely incapable that, of that defending. Was, that yeah. was noticeable. That was noticeable. And I think one criticism of mine would be of, of Jan Siever was that he was persisting with this formation that we didn't seem to have really the players for. You know, mm. after we've got all we got eight million wingers, you know, waiting on the bench, yet we're playing Pritchard on the left. You've got Kachunga on the right. It does seem to me that Grant, particularly because he's not good outside the 18-yard box, is isolated without a number 10 behind him. And yeah. then we've shifted. Yeah. There seems to be a bit more of a relationship between him and you know the midfield. Mm. Yeah, without getting too sort of analytical or tactical, but I know you you lean slightly that way, Steve. So I, I to go into criticising Jan, which I think it's valid to do, Yeah. I think that's a very important point, Tim, because I think one of the things you can criticise him for is not 
adjusting or changing a style of play to suit the personnel he's got. Mm. I look at Grant and I think, well, you're you're not great outside the 18-yard box. Let's do everything we can to support just getting you in yeah. there. So do you do. don't have to do anything else. The Heskey and Owen thing. Yes, precisely that. I mean, that and Town did that successfully with Jordan Rhodes. Because yeah. Jordan Rhodes was rubbish outside the box. Yeah. But as soon as he got in there, goal every single time. And that is what Town need to do with Grant. And I don't think Jan was good at looking at his personnel and saying, OK, he may be weak in this area. But where are his strengths? Where can we use him? What can we do? It's like this Bakuna as Moy replacement experiment, which just has not worked in any way, no. shape, or form. However, whoever who else would replace him? I've been. I mean, Pritchard is the obvious one. Pritchard is the obvious one. But also, if it ain't working, you've got to find yeah, something that does. Yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. to find a way or a system. And I don't. I don't think I, four three three. With years. Jan, I think you can criticise because there's a. I, I don't want to say like it's it's a. It's a sort of overbelief in his system, but maybe it's just a lack of identification of where he can fine tune things yeah. to get what he, he wants. I think he's. I, the impression I get is that he, from watching Norris games and all of that, he, I don't think he's a very adaptable manager. Yeah. And his big, well, that, his no. big Achilles heel is his inability to change things within a game. And, I, and I think quite, quite often his, his substitutions yeah. seem to backfire rather yeah. than improving yeah, the I'd team. Agree with that. I think part of that as well is when he came in, he was he was very keen to say. I'm not David Wagner. Yeah. And the thing that was meant to distinguish him initially, mm. because you, until you see games, you, you don't know yeah. this, I play 4-3-3. Yeah. And I play attacking football. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you I mean, you're always kind of struggling in the Premier League to do that. But the, the thing was, Wagner, I, I think, was quite unadaptable as well mm. but the difference was he had a system that worked and he had players that worked mm. and he had people identifying targets for him where he was weak and going and finding you know picking mm. a gem like Aaron Moy up on loan mm. who then comes to club permanent and is you know and arguably one of the best to ever wear the shirt and it's when that failed that it and all we, fell we apart yeah I mean if you look at it re- assuming that the, the Telegraph report was correct he essentially had three games of this season one of them a cup game that to me exposed the woeful lack of depth yeah. in a season with maybe, well, 47, 47 to, to 50 I think games. they genuinely intended to give him the season. I think, they, I think that wasn't luster. But I think the reaction, the reaction to the first two games I thought was over the top from a lot mm-hmm. of fans, the Derby Agreed, QPR. Yeah. I, I thought that was over the top from a lot of fans. But... The Lincoln one, it was like, do you know what? Indefensible. I, yeah, you, mm. it's indefensible. And the, the problem is, is that that performance meant that those fans that had been a little bit over the top to begin with, you can't then argue against them yeah. because it was so bad. It was also and difficult it, with the Van La Parra thing. He comes on and does some step you, Well, we should yeah. talk about this Van La Parra thing because yeah. the fans seem to be clamouring for him to be involved in the games. I'm not sure I totally understand it. Do you... Have you ever heard the expression, either of you, Joe Colin? Do you know what Joe Colin is? No. Well, I forget which World Cup it was, but England had been through where Rooney did his metatarsal, where Beckham had done his metatarsal, and there was a World Cup where Joe Cole got injured, but he got put in the squad because it was all right. He should hopefully be fit when he's there. I'm trying to think, was it 2000? I can't remember. Probably 2006. And, yeah... And over the course of a couple of weeks in the paper, Joe Cole became Lionel Messi. Don't worry, all our problems are solved when Joe Cole comes back. And what it's led to is, the, of, is Joe Cole in, where 
a player in his absence just becomes better and better and better and better. I quite like Van La Parra in the Championship in terms mm. of I think that's probably his level, if I'm honest. Mm. And he does have these moments of Premier League quality, which in the Championship go a long way. Like, But uh, there is a degree of Joe Cole in here where I, it, it was the same with Mounier. Mounier couldn't hit a barn door last season. And I'm not saying he's a bad player. He got no service. Mm. The tactically town didn't play to Mounier at all. It's not his fault. But when he came on and missed that header against Lincoln right at the end, teed up by Van Lepara, you look at that and you think, well, yeah, that's the Steve Mooney of the last season and a half. And it was was also, also, I think the reason that fans Joe Cole Van Lepara... It's hope. (laughs) It's hope. It's also because he is an exciting player. Whatever, Mm. however effective he is, he came on at Lincoln, he got the ball, he went between two players and drew a foul. And every time he got the ball, yeah. he did some step-overs, w- tried w- to beat a man, then he tracked back. I, yeah. w- I would say, yeah, to be fair, if our criticism of Tan, and yeah. one that I've repeated a lot on the site, is that none of the players look like... Yeah. They're all look, they all look like they're waiting for someone else to mm. make something happen. And in fairness, Van Lepara doesn't it, do that. It used to happen mm. with... Me, me and uh, my mate Al, who's been on this podcast sort of before last season, we had a thing where, under Matt Robbins, we used to call it Scandal O'Clock. Yeah. And nothing had happened for an entire game, and then about eighty minutes, Robbins would bring Scannell on. He'd do an exciting run down the wing, and he'd get a corner, and that was literally the best part of the game. Yeah, and it's similar, similar, similar with Van La Parra, yeah. I think. But you I, know. but I do think not to dismiss Van La Parra at all. I do think he could be an effective weapon in this league, and particularly when you look at Mbenza, Diakabi. Mm. Uh, playing Pritchard as a winger which uh, you see again coming back to criticise Jan how he can keep playing Pritchard in that mm. position and think it's getting anything like the best of him yeah. is just beyond me and the thing about Pritchard and the thing I really like about Pritchard is he doesn't complain he keeps running he is one who undoubtedly under Jan has tried yeah. everything he can yeah. um, and he's he's a fine player mm. but uh, it w- the net, the thing about this this team at the moment is it feels quite disparate. Everybody feels a bit down. The new manager, whoever that may be, you can get a tune out of this squad. It is yeah. nowhere near mm. as bad as some would have you believe, and it's nowhere near as good as some would have. Exactly, you but you can get a solid upper mid table tune out of this team yeah, with I the agree. right manager. And the problem, what you have to come back to with Jan is he couldn't. Yeah. yeah, he couldn't, yeah. and ultimately mm. that's what's killed him. I think there's a tension as well between. I've seen so many people for the past three, four months. In fact, past eighteen months, to be honest, saying the problem is we've lost our identity, mm. and we don't play like we used to under Wagner in the Championship. And then those very same people are saying, "I'd love to have Chris Hutton as manager." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you I, know Chris Hutton better than anyone here, Dave. Mm. What would do you think that would be a good fit? Even, even if assuming he would come, if. Hewton, Hewton would do fine with this squad because there is there is a solid defensive basis in this squad. You can you can get a good back four, back five, depending how you want to play. Hewton's his reputation for being safety first is not quite as outsiders always tell you you know how cautious he is. 
he does get like that in some games, but he would to get up through the championship. He knows you have to score goals, and he he does not play that football in the championship. What he does do is, if you go two 0 up in a game, you can expect them to see it out by bringing on another midfielder, potentially bringing on another defender. He doesn't really go for the jugular. His mission in away games is not to lose them, mm-hmm. so you know. The, the away supporters don't expect fireworks and roller coasters particularly but he I, I'm not sure he would be a great fit because he's I almost feel like and I, I, I hate to say this but I almost feel like at the moment one of the things this squad could do with is a bit of a proper football man because yeah, there's a few need a, there's a few need a boot up the bum there's a, a a few need a bit of fire back in their bellies and it needs I hate to use the word Steve but it needs someone with a bit of passion it and a does. bit of, yeah. you know, a Neil Warnocking. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah does. it does too. Because, as I said, I, this I is never a, thought either of us would ever advocate for that, David. No, but, but this, this is a ninety true. million pounds worth of squad. Yeah, and there are good players within, and there are young players who are not showing how good they are at the moment because they're not confident. And Harry Redknapp, when I'm a celebrity, because he showed he can connect with people of all ages yeah. regardless of what you think of him yeah he's got the human factor and town need a bit of that they need i don't think they need to go full wagner where they're just getting their tummies tickled all the time i think that's almost the opposite of what they need yeah they need somebody who can identify on an individual basis he needs this he needs this he needs this and you draw the best from them that way the thought did occur to me when i was writing yesterday about whether Steve might have been the, the right man at the wrong time or with the wrong squad, as you said earlier, David, um, was any every journalist loves Jan Sievert. Everyone that isn't a player seems to love him and want him to do well, think he's charming, think he connects well, think he explains his ideas clearly, everything like that. But I wonder if that, it almost the fact that that comes across well to us means it isn't coming across mm. well to footballers because they're, and I don't mean that condescendingly at all. I know it completely sounded that way. But it, it, as you say, you need to connect with... It's a different mentality. I don't have the same mentality as an elite athlete, funnily enough. And I wonder if, if as you say, he just wasn't connecting with the players on that level. He, what, he was expecting them to come up to his level rather than him kind of going down to theirs. I mean, I think, at the moment, I think it's like you said as well, David, in the opening kind of sections of the podcast, it, it is a bit wider than Jan Siever. It is a yeah. bit wider than... I meant to ask, what, what do the two of you think those, those, those issues are that need solving there? I just think it's, it's the whole... I've got a mildly controversial opinion that Huddersfield Town never had an identity before David Wagner. Mm. And they never had an, a clear idea of what that was. It's the West Ham way. Yeah, it was very, God, I, I remember when, remember when um, Robbie Savage uh, asked what the Derby way was. Yeah. When um, Mel Morris sacked, I think it was uh, Clement for not playing the Derby way. Yeah. And I actually yeah. went and, and wrote a very boring article about what is the Derby way. Uh, it turns out there isn't one. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with most clubs. Yeah. But what I mean is that I think when Wagner came in, he was this charismatic man who had a clear idea of how he wanted to play football. And that style of football seemed to connect with how the fans saw themselves. Mm. And I think 
he had a team in around him with with Weber who could do the recruitment. He had the likes of Hughes and Bueller who seemed to get him, who seemed well, to get the players. Weber has gone on to prove yeah. how good he is at his mm-hmm. job. The players they, he brought in themselves, it was new, it was exotic, they were German, they seemed to come from the same culture as him and there seemed to be this connection with the fans, with the community and it was this, to- this absolute yeah. totality of it. And there's this, there's this word in German, it's like an artistic concept, but it's like Gesamtkunstwerk. And it's it's a really like fancy way of saying something is more than the sum of its parts. Yeah. I think now we are less than the sum of our parts. I think there's something there. I think what happened during that Wagner period, where there's this sense of togetherness, it it, it can happen again. But the club needs to sit down and think about why did that happen what is this identity? Because they keep referring to it. I kind of feel like they don't know what it is. Mm. It's just a vague concept in the head and they can, you know, working class club or whatever other stuff. Like, no slogans, just like, have a, like, think what actually is this identity beyond a, a vague slogan. And I think if we did that, like, that would work, and, and for me, that's that's the problem, the tension between. I I, I do think we need a pragmatic football man in. Yeah, yeah. But I think long term, we we need to go back to having this sense of purpose or this mission. Yeah, I I, I think you need. I think that's part of the problem is that they brought in Sievert, who who has these big ideas and big ideals when they actually mm. just needed to calm things down and just get mm. back to basics, get the players doing basic stuff well I mean we've talked a load about things being over elaborate and like Bakuna I think is emblematic of that trying to do fancy stuff and try to do complicated stuff where just a simple pass would have done it mm. and 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 I just think as you say that's almost why they need that sort of proper football man to come in and just be like none of that mm. you've not earned the right to do that yet you can do that once we're up and running and we're you know at least getting a few we, we can grind well for sure we can grind out one nils you can start trying to do your fancy stuff, but until then, I'm but, not having But that it. was the Wagner credo, and not just on the pitch. It was like, there's no barrier between us and the fans. You know, when he brought in the, the Dortmund wave, when he goes to, the, yeah, oh, okay, so su- superficially, yeah. you know, yeah, but superficial things are important. I mean, they did yeah. put up literal barriers. Literal barriers, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but that's what I'm about to say, and, and that's the thing, is that, you know, I'm, I um, spent a fascinating few hours speaking to the uh, chairwoman of Ketamon Jerusalem, which is a fan-owned club. She said, the difference with us is we do the things that other clubs say they do. Yeah, And what an interesting thing, what an interesting thing about that was with Canal Side, I actually think it was, it's a bit symbolic in a way. You know, every Times article, every hagiography from the Telegraph or whomever, it opened with, I'm sat here at Canal Side, mm. and I'm next to Lauren de Poitre. Could you imagine that happening in Manchester United yeah. with Paul Pogba? No. And the club traded on that, and I think th- they were right to trade on that. And, and I think there just has to be a, a, a clarity of thinking mm. where you keep harking back to an identity that maybe you don't fully understand what the constituent parts of that identity were and what made it work. And I know that is a completely abstract point and I'm, I'm 
you know, sure, every, a lot of people are sat at home now thinking, what a load of nonsense. But I do think it does go back to that. I think it's having this, mm. like, long-term vision and having these principles. I think the thing, I mean, again, all three of us are quite keen not just to hark back to David Wagner's era, but there are a lot of parallels with the area, with Dortmund itself and Huddersfield. It's a very, very industrialised, working-class area. The people are very proud of that, very proud of their roots. That is reflected in the Dortmund crowd. So when Wagner came in here, it was he, he came for football reasons and was selected for football reasons, but it was a really happy marriage because mm. he, he understood the culture immediately. Now, a comfy pair of shoes for him. Yes. Yeah. Now, the other side to that was what he effectively got from Dean Hoyle is they turned the club over to him. They said, yeah. change what you want to change. If you do whatever you want with the crowd, do whatever you want behind the scenes, we need something different. Now, David Wagner himself in the entirety of his football career, is probably never going to have that situation ever again. Yeah. Huddersfield Town, in the entirety of their career, could well never have that situation again, but you can achieve success through yeah. lots and lots yeah. of other ways. Yeah. Uh, I think the identity is important. I think they need to decide what they want to do. Do they want to become a sort of ultra-slick, professional, progressive mm -hmm. club moving forward? Do they want to stick to the, the, the sort of working-class ideal? Um, it, yeah, I think that's important. But I think the other side of it is is I think the squad itself. Yeah. You, you've you got... It's clear at the moment that is not a happy place to be. Yeah. 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 And we, we don't... We're not going to sit here and speculate the reasons for that and we're not even going to name names or anything like that. But the, the first thing that needs to happen down there is if somebody is causing trouble if somebody is is a bad influence they have to go you know be that to the reserves or what have you and you've got to get some unity you've got to get sort of 20 23 people who all want to go forward together and develop together now i I'm, i don't think that'd be easy but i think with what's happened and with jan going town have got a real opportunity to sort of get everybody on board and go in the right way you know i think they thought they'd done that this summer as well because they they mm. did take philip billin and zanker and Tiberi out of the squad but it it seems to have come the, back the in the chunga miss against derby which yeah. i mentioned before is a sliding doors moment yeah. because if he scores that and it finishes 2-2 or even heavens above town go on to get mm. the win yeah. Suddenly, that's a draw that feels like a win. Yeah. Suddenly, it's a positive start. Yeah. Everybody goes to QPR in a different mindset. And it, it feels like, as I said, a sliding doors moment, but it didn't happen. Mm, and yeah. what happened was, it, it, sort of the reaction either way to that, to that goal or to not scoring, was going to be massively exaggerated. And that's what's happened. You know, I think you're right, Steve. I think there was an, a, a sort of, oh, people went over the top after the Derby game. Yeah over the top even more after the QPR game yeah. and then the Lincoln game was just the fulcrum of all of that feeling essentially yeah. coming to the fore but that is football fandom that's what we do yeah. Fo football fandom is all about overreacting yeah, yeah. to yeah. the smallest things yeah. so I'm not I'm not having yeah I, I don't want it to go across that I'm having a go at the fans because I understand no. where that well, comes of, from entirely. After 12 months, the 12 months down of that, they just want to see their team win, and it's understandable. Uh, we, we can go on all we want about, well, they shouldn't judge, they should put the Premier League in the past, what Sealot had in the Premier League in the past. 
it's easy to say that, but when you come into the new season and you're still not winning, yeah. you can't yeah. you can't just do I, that. I think we've all got a similar disposition. Yeah. But the, the fact <laughs> is, people pay a lot of money. Precisely. They travel yeah. up and down yep. the country and you just haven't seen a win. Yeah. And it's it's kind of a bit soul destroying, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and so I, I understand that the dam burst. You know, my I'm the kind of person that when when Bakuna made that ridiculous error, I just I just laughed. I, it was I yeah. was like hysterical. Yeah. But for a lot of people it's it's not like that and, yeah. and you yeah. feel every opposition goal, it's like being sucker punched. And if you're just constantly being sucker punched and nobody is in your mm. formulation tickling your tummy, um, it's going to all it's overflow. All, all of that feeling, all of those problems filter down to the squad. Yeah. Players are human beings. They're yeah. not robots. Yeah. And a lot of that unhappiness and a lot of the potential friction points, three points makes them all go away yeah. <laughs> literally it, overnight yeah. imagine how different it would have been if those sliding door moment we'd have been sat here talking about you know like all the positives and all that yeah you'd have gone to QPR and win yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm absolutely positive of it I, I'm genuinely positive of it it didn't happen mm. and it's, it just goes the other way but you know as I said it's it's. I once watched Brighton draw nil nil away at Rotherham and I would have took on ten bears after the match <laughs> I was that yeah. angry this is how football fandom works and as I said it just filters down to the players and it does create frictions and players there'll be players who feel like they're not playing in the right roles there'll be players who just outright don't like the manager you know a lot of very very successful players have had very very successful periods under managers they couldn't stand Mm -hmm. it's just about finding it's about finding that group of 23 players that can work and go forward and Mm -hmm. be successful and win games and the circumstances that have to be put in place around that. Unfortunately, football's an industry where you have to mollycoddle. Yeah. And I, I have to admit a bit of naivety on my own part, because I went out to Austria and wrote several pieces about how jolly everything was and how well everyone was getting along. But I've spoken to Matt Glennon since then, and he's told me it's always like that when you're on tour. Mm-hmm. The, it, it just is. Everyone could hate each other, but if you're on tour, you're having the time of your life. Yeah. And, it, and it means nothing. And I have to hold my hands up. It's the first time I've been away. It's the first time I've been... This is the first summer I've been writing full-time as a football journalist rather than doing it freelance at weekends. And I was probably put a bit more weight on that than I should have done. But I agree with you, David, that that good feeling could easily have carried over mm. if that derby game goes a bit differently. Yeah, I think as well with the, with the identity thing, I, I was kind of making a, a broader point about the club. In terms of the team, um, I don't believe you should rigidly stick to an identity no, so I don't you, think you should be like right where is Field Town right. and we play 4-3-3 and we do this what you should do is you should you know bring in managers who fit the mould and the personality of the club yeah. and they have an Let idea of, look way. all Field Town fans want pretty much what all fans want is to see a bit of endeavour a bit of effort and you want to occasionally score goals right? home um, wins yeah. home wins mate yeah. all the difference yeah. we, we can't be the gig and pressing club we can't no. be the you know so Mm. I think there is a case not made, least uh, because in three four years time oh, yeah. person will be passed exactly out. and everyone's yeah. playing four four two and you're like oh god we're so yeah. we're so regressive playing this four two three one whatever yeah. but so I think you can bring in somebody who is pragmatic mm. who is going to get them playing exciting football even if it's only in transitions yeah even if you're still playing in low blocks even yeah, if you yeah. don't want the ball um, I think you can do that and there's there's no reason why people should be disappointed if it's not 
an up and coming progressive manager from the continent. Or likewise, you know, people who want the Neil Warnock or the whomever mm-hmm. should be spotted. It's about how is this man going to go in there with these players um, and these fans who all yeah. feel like everything's going wrong. And there's a wide pool of candidates. Yeah. And, and I don't think it's going to be Chris Hewitt. I don't think we're going to... I think Chris Hewitt no. will want a big wage packet, number one, which is I, not a big stumbling block, but he would want money to spend in the transfer Yeah, he's window. not... The thing is, he's not a massive earner but I think he would definitely want to shape this squad almost instantly. Yeah. And that means money in January. Yeah. January, you get absolutely no value for players whatsoever. Yeah. So if you do invest in January, you're probably spending double what you'd have to spend in the summer to get the same players. So I don't know, but I, it's it's also having that flexibility. You know, David Wagner was quite rigid in his 4 one he did adapt and change over time. Jan's been far too rigid in his four-three-three. There's nothing wrong with a manager who goes four-four-two for one game, four-two-three-one yeah. for another, four-three-three for Jan another. Jan did that for a bit in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah but again. He was, it, it felt like he was trying to find where round pegs had round holes. Yeah, exactly. That was the thing. Yeah. Whereas I think he was trying stuff out ahead of the Championship, wasn't he? And Wagner yeah. was never averse to. Chasing a game, banging a defender yeah, up front, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and just oofing it to them. Yeah, but I, from the the baseline, I think the the players were all drilled in four two three one, or, or then it became the three at the back. Yeah, so I think, and I particularly think that flexibility is important with this squad because you've got young players. I mean, like when I look at Mbenza, he has had a bit of flack, I know, online and all that sort of thing. He's just a really raw young player. He's yeah. got loads of raw talent. He just needs to sort of harness it in the right direction. I've, I think the problem there, though, is that that's been the case for town in general, not just the player, yeah. for so long now. And, and they've been not quite for so long mm. that the fans aren't really willing to accept and 90 this is, that, that we're 90% or just a bit of, they'll be good in a year, yeah. just give them time. This, this they is want what I mean now. about... It, maybe it is time, even if it's just for the rest of the mm. season, the season's contract, yeah. to go with somebody who's got to be fair the nous. You know, I don't want to use the phrase of proper football man, but has yeah. got the nous in this league. And when we say a pro- when we say a proper football man, we're talking about Mike it's a, it's a yeah, yeah it's a it's a football three six five term, isn't it? So for yeah. those who aren't familiar, it's yeah it's a Sam Allardyce a. a you know, uh, a, a Harry David Boyce, Harry yeah. Redknapp. And we're not talking about those, those individuals. No, not yeah. that there, there, there are lower league versions of those yeah. people yeah. who could come into this club and make an instant impact that will also help shore them up longer term. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I mean, you know, one option is Hudson. Does anyone have an opinion on that? <sighs> I My problem with Hudson is that I think he would be a... He would be a safe appointment, but I would worry that you've got players there who are going to fall into the same habits and do the same things. Because mm. he was part of the setup under Wagner, part yeah. of the setup under Siva. And although it's quite clear that the players would like him and respond to him, I would, as I said, I just think they might end up in the same habits, doing the same thing. So that's, it's that thing of, you know, that horrible management phrase, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And I just worry there would be a bit of that with Hudson. It feels like there needs to be something different. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Town tried to copy the Wagner model with by lifting Dortmund, to, you know, Dortmund mm-hmm. B team's manager dropping mm-hmm. in. 
it feels like no, there's it needs an outside hire yeah. <laughs> in yeah. effect to yeah. come in here and and just I feel like the players need an outside hire. It needs to be someone with no baggage with them who can come in and say, "You're not doing that. You are doing that. You are going to do that better." I think yeah. an important thing as well is whoever comes in needs to bring in their coaching team as well. Yeah, like the thing, the stuff with Winkler and Bell. I don't, you know, don't know what went on there, but that kind of helped. I think a key thing about oh God again going back to Wagner. But was it was like that triumvirate, it was that brains trust of Hughes, yeah. Bueller and Bang. I think that worked really well. I think whoever comes in, you know, there shouldn't be any interference. It's like they should bring their own people with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just fresh faces around, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like something new is going to happen. I think Hudson's a, gr- a great person for the next two, three games or whatever to the international yeah. break to put in there. We all as fans like him and trust yeah. him. Yeah. I think the players do, like you say. Another, if nothing else, the fans yeah. are at least going to get behind him. They'll, they'll, pull yeah. the, they'll pull the socks up and, and they'll perhaps start playing you know, more to their potential. Yeah. Um, Just I, higher energy. Yeah. Higher I, adrenaline. That's what it is. And I think the, the beauty of, of football is, is everything's doom and gloom now, but in 10 games, mm. it might be completely different. Mm. Yeah. Um, my, my main worry is, is the midfield... I think it looks intermittently powder puff, if that makes sense. Like in, in you know, Lewis Bryan in Lewis O'Brien in spurts of a game is good. Bakuna can be good. Um Hogg does what he does. Mm. I think losing Moy and not I don't think we can replace Moy. But not bringing in someone in the mould of Moy, or even more like a box-to-box midfield who's just going to create something, who's yeah. going to be a pivot or a metronome. Yeah. I think that I think that was the idea with Chalabar was that he would sit as the number six and be almost like a Didi Haman type yeah. player, like quarterback. Sitting, yeah, exactly, quarterbacking it and and allowing other players to push on. But Chalabar offers. So I said before he offers you everything Hog does, mm. but he can pass. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, he can pass over, over 40 and yards. I, I think that's important in not only recycling possession, but in transitions, because he can come and pick the ball up from the defence. Mm. And your options are a lot bigger than they are mm. with, a mm. lot wider than they are with Hogg. So yeah. that can only be a good But you're thing. right, there is a big disconnect between... But like Having the quarterback in there doesn't solve the issue if the issue is that the front three are too far away from the midfield three. But I think, yeah. I think that's, that's going to be solved by... Maybe going to more of a whatever, what you're four two three but one four five one. Yeah, it's also partly where that experience and now comes in because it, take the wingers, take Embeds and Diacarbi, who I know have been a little bit of a source of frustration for lots of town fans. There are two players in there, mm. and mm. a manager will get something out of them. Mm. And if Town get the right guy, uh, you know, an Embeds and Diacarbi grant front three with perhaps Pritchard behind feeding them in some capacity. That is rapid, and that could, that will hurt teams in the championship. And yes, they'll miss chances, and yes, they'll frustrate at times. But the right manager in the right system, giving them a bit of freedom, and you know, I come back to Diakabi twice this season. Burn past three or four players, and then when he's had the opportunity to shoot, has turned it down and looked for a pass. Yeah. And under the right or, manager, or fallen over. Under a right manager, 
where Van La Parra gets people off their seats. You know, if Diacarbi burns past three mm. players and works the keeper with a shot from 25 yards, you, you believe bums will be out of seats, trust me. And that's what town need a bit of. And there are people who can get them that. I'm just, I don't want to be like seen as like anti-Hudson or anything. I'm just not sure Hudson mm. longer term is the person who can see all the pieces as they are at the moment and actually make the jigsaw up because yeah. that's what's not happening at the minute. It's an experienced skill set, isn't it? And he's, mm. you know, he's only a couple of years into his coaching career. He only gave up his boots yeah. two years ago. Does, does anyone want to put a name on it? Like someone you think, bang, that's who it should be or it might be? I'd, I'd love Slavisa Jukanovic, but I don't think he would come. I think Jukanovic would be, because he's exactly everything that, like, yeah. he is an adaptable coach. Yeah. yeah. And he, he, he has played a style that Sievert was actually trying to do, mm. but has a proven track record of success with it. Before. I know he didn't do well in the Premier League, but he's taken Watford up playing exciting, attractive football, and he's taken Fulham, Fulham up yeah. playing exciting, attractive football. And uh, I don't know. I, I think it's probably moot because he's. I don't think he would come. But. He's he's managing in Qatar at the moment, so he's obviously earning all of the money. Yeah, exactly. All of the money. All yeah, of exactly. That's why none of the rest of us have it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I think a word for Gary Rowett, who is a good, he's a solid championship manager. Mm. Again, I think the problem with Gary Rowett, he's not necessarily he's not going to get people fizzy, mm. but. He's got experience. He gets his teams really well drilled, well organised. He's very, very good at getting young players to do complicated roles and experience roles and getting the best from them. I, I feel like he could be a very good hand on the tiller for town. But he has been slightly tarnished by one or two experiences. Yeah, I'd say his last couple clubs. of jobs haven't gone so, well. So, without knowing what the circumstances are or researching there, um, you know, I... I do think he might be a good appointment, but for me, the very best appointment Town could make was in the dugout on Tuesday night. You know, the Cowleys are doing unbelievable things with Lincoln. Mm. They play brilliant football. They had a very uh, sort of ramshackle bunch of players. You know, they've got Jack Payne, who was pulling all the strings and played really, really well. But they've got a Kinde up front, who's just like a massive yeah. lump of a striker. Yeah. So that shows to me that they are very adept at going, right, This I've got 22 individuals here. What system gets the best from 11 of them? And how do I go further with those 11 individually and get the best from them in their individual mm. roles? And I, I, I've been impressed by them before. And, you know, you, that Lincoln side was so... It was so well drilled. They moved as a unit. The defence was brilliant. They've converted, is it Boswick, from a central midfielder to mm. a central defender. And, I mean, he looked like he played as a central <laughs> defender all his life. One all three. Top of League One at the moment. Yeah. One all, all of the first four and games of the season. You you look at that and you think, do you know what? You could drop them into the town dugout yeah. with, the, with that squad, with a bit of experience at the back in Schindler and Elphick to help them out, with with good players, with raw talent up front. And, phew, yeah, I think they could really turn town overnight. But why would they leave Lincoln at yeah, the moment? Yeah, that, exactly. That, that just that, just be, had promotion currently on form to get a second yeah. promotion. Something like well, that would be my ideal pick. But, mm. again, it's, it's, it's momentum and entropy. And, and we're in a phase of entropy yeah. <laughs> where all that was before, whether it's ownership or players or uh, management, um, it's just all that that era mm. is dissipating 
Yeah. And we're in that period now of transition where nobody can see what's going to emerge. Yeah. So we automatically, and I'm as guilty as, as anyone who's this, look back to the past. Yeah. Um, I think this is a, a period where we can actually start moving forward. And I think everybody does need time. I advocated giving Sievert time. Um, whoever the new manager is needs time. Mm. I think one of the catch-22 situation we're in, as, as you pointed out, is we need a pragmatic football man but we also need someone who's going to make us fizzy. Yeah. But I don't think there's anything wrong with, uh, well, other than the fact that it would be a hell of a job getting them to sign up to a nine-month contract. Mm. I don't think there's anything wrong with getting in a firefighter till the end of the season and and then mm. looking next summer to get in someone more, who might be more a bit more Yeah, when, when we yeah. know where we are, what are... Because I think in, in hindsight, that's probably what they should have yeah. done, you know, in January. I mean, another, another... Yes, definitely. I think one thing that we haven't mentioned is that I think... Uh, Sievert was a strange appointment at the time, particularly in the Premier League. They they were hoping to just lift and drop, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. Lift Wagner out, drop Jan in. Mm. Fine, we're absolutely fine. But it, football doesn't work like that, does yeah. it? You yeah. Know? I think also um, the new chairman needs to have time. Um, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, get, he's getting a lot of stick yeah. very early on. Unacceptable in stick as well, uh, I suggest. Unacceptable and unfair. Mm. Um, he's had, what, seven weeks in the role? Yeah. Um, He's going to put his, his stamp on, he's going to make mistakes like Dean Hoyle made mistakes, like yeah. everybody else who, who is new yep. to something makes mistakes. Um, I think he's a fan, he has the best interests of the club at heart. Mm. Um, and everybody just needs to take a step back. Right? We've, 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 had, we've had the cathartic kind of uh, fire and brimstone. Um, Let's all take a step back. You know, I mentioned uh, Wagner's opera at the beginning, Gottesdammerung, right? Which is a, um, it's a German translation of, of Ragnarok, which is this right. Norse myth of all the gods and creatures having this absolutely catastrophic battle, right? Where, where the, the world and, and it's Valhalla... Got, it's got the Incredible is, is, Hulk in, I've seen it. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant, yeah. And it's, it's, everything's burnt, you know, to a cinder. But the whole point about that as well is there's also a renewal. Yeah. And I'd like to think that we've had we've had Ragnarok, right? Yeah. And and now we're in that period of renewal where the everything let's just let everything settle. Do you think the cinders and you, just move forward? Do you think there's anything to read into the fact that Siva sounds so much like Shiva, which is the Hindu god of destruction, I mean, who brings about that kind of thing only to then renew? I think later. only a, only a fool would reject that <laughs> hypothesis. I just only a fool. Like your listeners, I stopped listening five minutes. Ago. <laughs> I I think I think your point is sound though, but mm. I I think we we all know people within the club, and there are really good people there who want the club to be successful and who want the club to go the right way, and you know just abusing a manager, uh, a yeah. chairman seven weeks into the job, it's just not helping yeah, yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I, I agree. I think some of the stuff, I mean, what we're alluding to is we sit seats away from mm. Phil Hodgkinson in the press box, and some of the stuff that we heard. I wasn't at the game Tuesday. on Friday because I wasn't well, but some of the stuff we heard on it, Tuesday was... It wasn't, it wasn't anything as bad as Friday because you've obviously right. got the season ticket holders back there. Right, who are, You know, because Tuesday night, you obviously had a mix of, um, uh, of yeah, everybody yeah. sitting and there. The gate, yeah. And there were some things being shouted and said which are just not helpful in any way, shape or form to anyone. Mm. And I think in time, you know, there may well be things to criticise for Lodgkinson for and decisions to be made, but... That's not 
less than two months well, into the job, is it? Part of the thing that people keep bringing up is, well, where's the money gone? And they've said, well, the money's been spent. And they've said, you know, Dean Oyle's had to put 15 million quid of his own money into, into the club while they're in the Premier League. The club accounts will reveal whether that was true or not. And I think it's a bit rich to stick it to Hodgkinson and stick it to the club saying, well, it can't possibly have gone until we get those club accounts, which unfortunately they're not going to be releasing the next set of club accounts until March, April. Think, okay. And that will only go up until uh, the end of eighteen nineteen. Yeah. Look, I think, I think we, we've all skirted around this for the past, whether it's supporters groups, whether it's, it's journalists, whether it's what... Look, the fact is, is Phil Hodgkinson probably doesn't have as much money as Dean Oyle, right? Mm-hmm. But the also fact is, he's a fan, he's bought the club, no one else was going to buy the club. And we're a provincial club. Mm. We, we don't have hundreds of millions of pounds to spend. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just a fact. We're not going to, to quote Dean Oyle, blow our brains out. We're going to be sensible. Um, but you can be sensible and have a good time. That's what my mum always told me. Rules help control the fans. <laughs> well, yeah, the one that other fans I've seen keep bringing up is, well, they made £27 million profit on the last set of accounts. But uh, that's just like, I think that's just a basic misunderstanding of how a profit and loss yeah, works. Yeah, yeah. Because, and I mean, it is complicated. I'm not doing anyone down yeah. for that. But player sales don't go through the profit and loss account. And profit, uh, player purchases and don't I, go through the profit and loss. They appear on the balance sheet as assets. So they don't yeah. affect that profit number, that is which is so really important important Steve because I know there are fans who are going on the season 1920 Wikipedia town page and looking at the transfers list mm. with a calculator and think that's what goes into the accounts there are so many yeah. other factors yeah. coming in and going out depreciation town, town will still be being paid for transfers they made two years yeah. ago never yeah. mind things they've done this and summer as, as has been proved it's not about the money you spend yeah it's yeah. about Investing how you spend it and what you spend it. Yeah. Um, if if nothing else, we should have learned that lesson ourselves. I, I, and just I know we're going on here, but I think you, <laughs> we're sitting here recording this on a Sunday. You're welcome, Steve. Um, <laughs> tomorrow, the new director of football slash technical director etc. starts his job. Yeah. And that is, uh, we were talking before about what a massive mm. part of a modern football club that is. Yeah. And there are a lot of reasons for town fans to be hopeful and to, to mm. see progress. Now, you don't have to choose to do it because, you know, as I've talked about with football fans, yeah. I, I'm utterly pessimistic about my own club. Mm. But there are, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. There are reasons to be cheerful. The new guy will come in, and he will have some input into the manager process. That'll at the be end his of the first day. job, I'm sure. Yeah, he It'll have started and that he's already. not going to come in and go right. Fetch me a list of all the managers in England. <laughs> he's going to come with lists of players, of managers, of scouts, of coaching staff, of people he's worked with, people he wants to work with, people he's spoken to, people he's spoken to about other people. Analysis of town's own performances. Yeah, he and and you know. As I said, there are there are reasons to be hopeful going forward, and I think as well, like I feel like the only way is up from here. Yeah. yeah. Although I haven't watched that Sunderland documentary yet, so don't spoil. Oh, okay. Oh, well, well, I won't spoil the ending for you, but it's a bit like I've got, a, I've got the ship a, There's a Leeds one out as well. I've heard. Yeah, there is. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think the reason fans are getting so upset is because they're spooked that that they're going to do a Sunderland. The, I, no, think a lo- I think it's a lot. I think it's a long way off that. You, you, 
won four games in 17 <laughs> months, not won on a Saturday for 16 months. It is completely acceptable for town yeah. fans to be spooked and yeah. worried. Yeah. All I'm saying is, I know you're spooked and worried, and I think some people have overreacted, but there, there is likely insult. It's yeah. not just doom and gloom, we're done for, yeah. you know? We're going to be fine. You win a few games, you're fine. Cardiff away next. Yep, fun. Long journey. Long journey. Yeah, I think we'll probably lose that. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I think the thing is, is that they now go into that game, and if they lose it, it's like, well, what do you expect? We've got no manager. We've got, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a the hardest away game we've got of the season. If they'd gone into that game with Gan still in the hot seat, a loss would have been the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. And that international break is extremely fortunately timed as well, because if they can get a manager in place beforehand, he then gets a lovely little 10-day, two-week window. Got to, got to like, nullify. Yeah, to, to either take them away like Wagner did to the woods, take them camping, or, I mean, Brighton's Graham Potter likes to put on ballet performances with his players and various other things. There don't, are, don't do that. <laughs> there are loads Working of ways, <laughs> there are loads of ways to make, like, a big impact Football in a short time. Yeah. Well, we've got Cardiff away, and then we've got Reading on Saturday. And then the following week, it's uh, Luton Town away. I, I think there's a song. Uh, it's, 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 yeah. a, it's a good. Should we change this? Respect. The name of this podcast to Luton Town away. Luton Town away. Yeah. Yeah. Reading is the game you target, yeah. I think. Yeah. Reading is Reading at home. Reading are no great shakes. Should be an open goal that. Yeah. Yeah. Reading are the, is the game you target. Cardiff is a free hit, isn't it? At the end of the yeah. day. Yeah. Once they get past Cardiff, as you say, they're into. They're they're through the worst fixtures. It's of the that class, It's the classic. Championship run of you'll you'll yeah. you'll win some you'll batter someone then you'll lose one you don't yeah. expect yeah. to lose and back into it and a lot of fun yeah and after that Luton game it's then two weeks off as you say so if you get a manager in by Luton I'm not even saying for the Luton game that two weeks is an, is mm. is an absolute godsend yeah it could not be better well they're playing Sheffield Wednesday as well who are in very much the same boat so yeah. Anyway, right, I think we should probably wrap things up there. Uh, thanks to the both of you. Um, you. Do, do you Thank want you. people to follow you on Twitter or are you not? No, not after this one, no. Uh, I'm at David Hartshit. You can follow me there and you'll hear various opinions about Ragnarok. Uh, yeah, that's it. Fever. Vicky's like a big comic book fan, so he's, he's lying that he doesn't I, know. I am, for my sins. Jim, who I'm starting a Star Trek podcast with soon. That's true, yeah. So we'll probably take half of the listeners, I imagine. <laughs> What's your Twitter, Jim? It's Jim underscore Chisholm, C-H-I-S-E-M. Yeah, and I'm at Stephen Chicken, that's Stephen with a V. Uh, and yeah, rate, review, all of that. It's gone on long enough, I'm not going to keep you any longer. Bye. Boo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-ho